right. Good morning, Cultivate Church, 1015. How are we feeling this morning? Oh, you guys are as fired up as I am today. Listen, I was able to have a, a pre-church workout with the bros today. I've had coffee. I've had Red Bull. So I'm like ready to run through a wall this morning. But man, welcome to church. It is great to see everyone uh, here this morning. especially want to welcome all of you watching live online right now. We are honored you chose to spend a few minutes uh, with us this morning. If I've not yet met you, my name is Matt Powers. I serve here as a teaching pastor and one of the elders and really excited about uh, this message today as we are wrapping up our series, Satisfied today. If you want to go ahead and pull out your notes inside your worship guide, follow along with us today. If you're a digital note taker like I am, you can scan the QR code on the back. For those of you online, the notes are right there for you. Or best way, download the Cultivate Church app. Everything you need to know and all the notes are right there for you. Because here's the deal. Even if you're not a note taker today, I've been there before, today we become note takers. Because the reality is, I'm going to say a lot of things that are really, really dumb. But God is probably going to say a few things that are really, really good that will be great for us to be able to take with us as we leave here today. And this whole series has just been uh, so great all month long as we are talking about satisfaction and what satisfies out. How, how do, can we find that in our lives. And the theme verse we've used for this entire series comes out of John chapter 4. It's verses 13 and 14. And it says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. And if you're like me and like a lot of people, if we take these two verses of scripture and we read that literally, we have no idea what's going on. We're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? What kind of fancy water is this? Is this like the Voss water that's eight bucks and comes in the glass bottle? How does that really compare to my tap water? Am I really gonna never be thirsty again? Is this really the best water? Please explain that because I just don't understand. And if we don't understand the context of what's going on and where Jesus was in this moment, it's a very famous story in scripture, often known as the woman at the well. See, Jesus knew exactly why he wanted to be at this well at this exact time because he was going to meet this woman who came to this well every single day at the exact same time and she always came alone. The reason for that being is she was not welcomed with the other people because oftentimes when they would go to the well, this would be a community effort, something everyone did together, but she was not welcome. She was not liked. She was an outcast. She was a pariah in the neighborhood because she had made some mistakes in her life. She was not welcome to be there. So she had to go alone later in the day all by herself. She would go to this well day after day after day, getting the same water day after day after day. And Jesus is telling her the same thing he's telling us. We don't have to continue to go to the same well for the same stuff day after day after day after day to be able to try and find some kind of satisfaction in your life. That I am the only thing you need to be able to fill the void in your life and be able to find that true satisfaction. And that's where we've been all month long. You know, Jesus comes to give us life and life to the fullest. He comes to give us more than enough and abundance to be overflowing. But for whatever reason, we walk through this life and we feel like we are not overflowing. We feel like we are running on fumes, like we just don't have enough. And in week one, we talked about the reasons why we are so discontent, why we cannot be satisfied in our lives. In week two, we talked about some practical steps for us to be able to find satisfaction in our lives. And the last week, we talked about really the number one 
resource of why we can't find satisfaction, the thing we strive for all the time, and it just seems like there's never enough, we talked about money. You know, Jesus talks a whole lot about money, and we talked about the way the world views money versus the way that God views money. And then today, we've titled the message, Satisfaction Guaranteed. That, that, that just makes you feel good right there. Satisfaction Guaranteed. Two words that businesses have been using for so long to be able to attract customers, to buy their product, or to use this first, their services, we will, satis- we will uh, guarantee your satisfaction. You are going to be more than pleased with what we can provide you. And I always think of the infomercials, the TV ads. I mean, we see them all the time, and we see these products on there. We're like, there's no way that this can be really any good. This product's stupid. It's never going to actually work. But the more we see it, and the more they talk about satisfaction, guarantee, we're like, you know, that, that's actually kind of a really good idea. I kind of, do you guys remember the ad belts? Anyone remember the ad belt? Anyone buy the ad belt at all? No one's owning up to that. I may have been the only dummy who actually bought the ad belt. Not true. You know, millions and millions and millions of people bought the ad belt. At first it was dumb. It's like, there's no way, but man, they're, they're guaranteeing my satisfaction. And I mean, look at it. It makes sense, doesn't it? You put this gel on your stomach, you strap this thing on, and for just 30 minutes a day for a month, you're going to get abs. And I'm thinking, man, I can sit in the Lazy Boy, I can watch the game, I can eat cookies and Cheetos, and man, this thing's just going to electrocute me for 30 minutes a day. I'm going to have abs. Have you seen the models they use for this thing? They're all ripped, so clearly this works. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, we'll give you a second ad belt for only $99.95. Satisfaction guaranteed. The ad belt does not work whatsoever. Proof right here. Just doesn't. Satisfaction guaranteed. We get that, those false words from the marketplace and from the worldly conditions we find ourselves in. You know, I used to say the second highest form of guarantee was that men's warehouse guarantee. You know what I'm talking about. You'll love the way you look. I guarantee it. But the highest form was the George Foreman guarantee because, man, that dude sold some grills. You know, I guarantee it. You know, he was the highest form of guarantee. But what I've learned is that, no, he may be the second highest form of guarantee. The, the satisfaction that Jesus brings us is the number one guarantee, and there's nothing ever even close. So today, we're going to talk through three, three principles today for us to be able to get into the position to be able to have satisfaction guaranteed. So let's pray and see what God wants to speak to us today. Father, we love you. God, we're just thankful for these moments to be able to gather together. We never want to take that lightly just to be in your presence, God. And just want to pray over every single person who walks through these doors, who sees this message, who listens to this message, God, that you'll speak to every single one of us in the exact areas of our lives where we need it, specifically every single one of us, the struggles that were going on in our lives, the place where we need guidance, the places where we truly need you, God, that we will be so open in our hearts and in our minds to be able to receive your word, God, to be able to take it, to use it, to apply it to our lives so that when we leave here today, God, we will be a little bit better than when we walked in to be able to take on this world, Father. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So number one, the first principle we're going to talk about this morning, it is the principle of position. The principle of position. If we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I don't think it's coincidence that this verse of Scripture has come up so often over the last four, five, six weeks. 
In 2022, I don't think this is a coincidence at all. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. Typically, we like to take that last little bit of scripture and we like to say, he will give me everything I need. That's awesome. I don't have to do anything at all. I can just sit around. He's going to supply everything that I need. That's great. I've been really, really needing steak and lobster lately. That sounds fantastic. He's going to provide that for me. And you know what? I, I, I know I just got a new TV. It's the 80 inch, but they have the 85 inch right now. I need that because my viewing experience for the game will be so much better. And I know I just bought a car, but man, gas prices are going up. Maybe I need one of those brand new EVs. That would be awesome. I could really use one of those. I really need that promotion. I really need that next relationship. I need the new iPhone, even though it's the same thing as the iPhone 13. I need the 14. Have you seen what they can do with those cameras? You can create your own movie with those things. And I think I'd really like to be a filmmaker now. That sounds pretty awesome. God, I need all of these things. And we convince ourselves that we have these needs, but we have confused wants versus needs. And we walk around this life thinking that we need all of this stuff. And we wonder why in the world, God, are you really not providing all of my needs? It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, above everything else. Seek the kingdom of God above it all. Your job, your career, your money, your relationships, because that relationship is most important. Above football, above baseball, above all of the things. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need because we find ourselves in these moments where we're saying, God, if I could just make $50,000 a year, then I can pay off debt. Then I'll be able to have everything I need. And we get to that point, we say, God, if I could only make $75,000 a year, then I could be able to pay off debts and have everything I need. I know I said 75, but God, it's really $100,000. If I could have $100,000 a year, then I can have everything that I need. And then maybe I can start doing stuff for you. Eventually we get to the point, God, if I can just get some Bezos type money, then I can have everything that I need. It's important for us to understand that today in this moment where you sit right now in this second, all you have is all you need. You don't need all that other stuff. All you have is all you need because God can do so much more with what we have currently than what we can do with all the things on our own. All you have is all you need because we go through life and we're saying, how did she get the promotion over me? I came in five minutes earlier than she did last week. I finished that project first last week. I don't understand, God, why are you holding me down? Why am I not being able to achieve these things? And we think we're being held up. Someone's holding us back because we're seeking these things of this world above the kingdom. And whenever we figure this out, to seek the kingdom of God above all else, Instead of realizing that we're being held up, we'll realize we're being set up for something greater that we could ever even imagine, to live this life on purpose that he has called us to live. It is being in the proper position. It's this principle of position. I want to give you three little extra things. How do we get to this point to be in the proper position, to have everything that we need, to be able to seek the kingdom of God above all else? How do I get there? First little extra one, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Here's the thing about prayer. Prayer is not how we typically treat it in a one-way conversation, giving God a laundry list of the stuff that we think that we need, but it's actually stuff that we want. Prayer is actually a two-way conversation with the Father. That's hard for us to understand because we'll go to God and we'll say, hey, I, I need this and I need that. 
I need to have this promotion. I need to have this relationship. I need this car and I need this status and I need this much money. And man, they posted something that I didn't like, God. And man, that person didn't invite me to this and this makes me feel bad and I don't like the way this is. And we're giving God all these things and all this stuff and all this stress, all these hurts that we're going through. And every single one of those things matter. But we go to him and we give him these things and say, God, it is Sunday. If you can wrap that up by about Thursday, 3 o'clock would be fantastic because I'd love to go into next weekend with all of these things already handled. So that's great. Take care. And we go on living our lives. It's a one-way conversation for a lot of us. And I think as we're talking to God and we're giving him all these things that are going on, he's like, oh, yes, finally. And he's coming to us. He's saying, man, I'm so glad that you told me all of this. I know this has been going on. I've been dying to tell you for a while now that there's some things that are coming. Do you have to go so soon? I've been really trying to tell you that, listen, there's this, are you sure you have to go right now? Man, I've been trying, maybe next time you'll have a little bit more time so I can really tell you all these things you've been praying about. I'm working on it. It's there. I just need you to hear me. When I come home from work and my kids, I care about the things that are going on in their lives. I care about their struggles and their hurts and their wins and all of the stuff. But when they come in, when I come home and I see them, I just want to be with them. I just want to hold them. I just want to spend time with them. We'll get to all the stuff, but I'm concerned about them first. Our father is no different. When we come to him with all the things, he cares. He cares. But man, he just wants to be with us. He is far less concerned about our hurts and more concerned with our hearts. He wants our heart before our hurts. He'll handle the hurts. He just wants our heart. It starts with the two-way communication. It starts with prayer. The second thing of finding the, the kingdom of God above all else, it's praise. It's praise. It's worship. Through the good moments, the indifferent moments, the bad moments, the ugly moments, the successful moments, every bit of it, it is thanking the Father for what he's provided for me now. It is thanking for the Father of, of what he has gotten me through yesterday. It's asking the Father about what he's going to get me through tomorrow. It's going to celebrating the things that he has done in my life. We're going to praise him in every circumstance. We come into an environment like this to worship the Lord. And we have these opportunities to be with the Lord, with other people just praising and worshiping him. And all the things that we do. And so many times we're sitting here and we're they about wrapped up with this thing. This song again? Are you serious? I gotta set my fantasy football lineup. I can't believe I forgot that. Hopefully they're done soon. But we go to a game. Watch out. We go to a football game, baseball game, hockey game, whatever your sport is, basketball game, soccer. It doesn't matter. We are screaming and jumping up and down and we are yelling and we are cheering and all that stuff's awesome. I love sports. I like to cheer. I like to be a fan, but man, we are going crazy for these people and we're screaming and yelling and we're celebrating everything and we feel every single hurt all the time. And man, when that t-shirt cannon comes out, y'all watch out, all bets are off. They bring the t-shirt cannon out. You see people, they are losing their minds for this t-shirt and they get over to your section, me, 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 I need, this, I need a t-shirt. And we are going crazy. Our hands are raised, we're jumping up and down, we're smiling, we're crying. We just, we want the free gift of the t-shirt. It will do whatever it takes to be able to have a chance at getting that. And it's a t-shirt that we'll wear one time. We'll take it home. We'll wash it. It'll shrink seven sizes. It goes in a drawer. We'll never see it again until we clean out the drawers and we throw it away. But we come into an environment with Jesus. 
can they just hurry up already? And we're worried what maybe other people might see, what other people might think if I just, you know, praise the Lord. If I just spend that intimate moment with it, what might other people see? But man, when we get on a jumbotron, we don't care who sees, we'll do whatever it takes. It's seeking the kingdom of God above everything else. Seeking the kingdom of God above all else. It's prayer. It's praise. Third of the lecture is priority. Is God a priority in your life? Because if he's not a priority, he becomes a preference. And when he becomes a preference, it's not so important anymore. Like, I'm a little tired. I think I'll just skip church this week. Sad reality is people did not come to church last week because Alabama lost to Tennessee. And we laugh about that. Now, I don't mean to be mean or call anyone out, but man, football, Jesus, where, 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 where is God on our priority list? How will we get everything that, he, that we need and seek him above all else? It's making God a priority. It's the reason my son will never play travel baseball. He loves baseball. I love baseball. We're a baseball family. He's really good at baseball. He's been asked to play on several different friends. Our, our number one question, you guys play on Sundays? Yep. Then no. It's a non-negotiable because a 10-year-old playing travel baseball does not outweigh the kingdom of God. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Where is God on the priority list? And we hear this all the time. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And you're right, I love what Tony Evans says about this. He says, you're right, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You do not have to go to church and love Jesus, but I don't have to go home to be married either. That hurts a little bit. And it's true, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I don't have to go home if I want to be married. I just simply don't. But how's that relationship going to look? If I never go home to my wife, it's just going to spread further and further and further. And that relationship is going to get weaker and weaker. And there's going to be anger and resentment and frustration. And it's just going to separate. And that marriage, that relationship is never going to go to the full potential in which it was designed. Our experience and our relationship with the Father is no different. If we do not make him a priority and do not show up in these types of environments and be able to serve him and just to be around other followers of Jesus, that relationship can just spread a little further, a little further. And it never was fully gone to the potential. It just doesn't. How do we seek the kingdom of God above all else? We pray, we praise, and it's about the priorities. It's about the priorities because our position, it will determine our priorities. It will determine our portion. It will determine our potential. It's the, the principle of position. Number two, it's the principle of production. The principle of production. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, underline that, circle it, put a star next to it. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Give it everything You've got as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Verse 24 says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whatever you do, whatever it looks like, except football season, I can give about 20%, right? It's not what it says. Whatever you do, give everything you got. Work at it with all your heart. It is this idea of kingdom success versus 
culture success, worldly success. And it is a battle of the titans that we just cannot seem to figure out, especially in 2022, because there's two completely different mindsets. And we have this mindset of of worldly success. It's the reason why 85% of all people are unhappy at their jobs. It's the reason why work today is considered modern day slavery. It's the reason why we're seeing this movement called the Great Resignation, where people are quitting their jobs at an unbelievable rate. And there's this new trend called quiet quitting, where people just disappear. They just go. They don't say a word to anybody about it. They just decide, I'm not going to work anymore. I'll go find and do something else. And that's the direction that we're going because it's about me. It's about seeking my own success. It's about getting my own things. Because most of us are working to make a living and not working to make a difference. It's the kingdom mindset versus the worldly mindset. It's the American dream, right? From generation to generation to generation, we are passing this down to our children to achieve the American dream is you need to go to school, you need to work hard, you need to study hard. Why? So you can get good grades. Why do you want good grades? So you can get to a really good college. And then when you get good college, you need to do the same thing. Work hard, study hard so you can make good grades in college. Why? So you can go out and you can get a really good, really high paying job. And when you are able to achieve that, you'll be able to find the absolute perfect spouse for you. And you'll be able to have the big house and the nice cars and go on the fancy vacations. And because you've done all this stuff, you work hard and you continue to grow. You continue to succeed. You continue to make more money and have more things. You will have two perfect kids, a boy and a girl, and they are athletic and they're intelligent and they're kind and they're going to follow in your footsteps and do all these amazing things. And we work and we work and we keep doing it and doing it to achieve the American dream to the point where we eventually retire and die with all our stuff. It's the American dream. It's our American dream to just get, 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 work as hard as we possibly can, miss ball games, miss dance recitals. Why? Because I got to get more. I got to have more money, miss time with my family, stay away for a long time, miss this, miss that. Why? So I could just have more. The American dream is subpar compared to the promises of God. I'm begging us as a generation going with our children to the next generation, let's stop the curse of the American dream and instead believe in the promises of God because they will take us so much further. And there's nothing wrong with this idea of the American dream and being able to experience things and have things, but is it for us or is it for the kingdom? Because this current route that we're going, the American dream and achieve and achieve in this worldly success, we're no longer producing fruit. We're now producing fruit loops instead. What are fruit loops? Delicious breakfast, right? No, fruit loops, it is a cheap imitation of fruit. There's no fruit. In Fruit Loops, it's just this compacted sugar that tastes oh so good, makes the milk taste even better, but it's filled with sugar and it is so bad for us and it is a cheap imitation of the true fruit that we're able to have in our lives. And if we are not careful and we continue to consume just the Fruit Loops, we will die from the inside out because it is so toxic. What are we producing in our lives? We're producing fruit, we're producing Fruit Loops. Do we have a kingdom mindset or do we have a worldly mindset? What does that look like? We have to be on a mission for the eternal, not internal, for the eternal 
meaning that it's not always about us. Not always about us. That there are other people out there. Jesus doesn't say, go out there, work hard, get as much money as you can, go on as many vacations as possible, get all the status, get all the things, just live it up big time. Jesus says to go out and make disciples. How are we going to do that if we're constantly working ourselves to death to just be able to obtain the stuff? Are we working for the kingdom or are we working for ourselves? It's producing with what we have because everything we have is because of the Father. Everything we have, our homes, our cars, our clothes, our traits, our tools, our resources, everything is because of the Father. This building, this church, these lights, these chairs, it's all because of the Father. He has given us all of this stuff, saying, I've given you the tools. Please go and do something with it. He's given us everything that we need. We need to learn to work for significance and not for just survival. So I want us to ask ourselves these questions. My work, what I do, my physical work, what I do every single day, am I working for pay? Or am I working for purpose? What does that look like for us? Am I working for pay or purpose? My family life? Am I working for the Lord? Or am I working for me? Is it about me? Is it about what feels good to me? Am I trying to achieve so much over here that my family is suffering, that I'm not there for them any longer? What does my family work say? What does my spiritual work say about me? Am I the same person on a Sunday morning at church through the rest of the week? Or do I show up and I'm Sunday person? And then I'm Monday morning at work, I don't want to be there person. And I'm Tuesday night at the ball fields with all the baseball families person. And then I'm a Thursday night at dance person. And then I'm also Friday night out drinking with the boys person. And my college football game day, Saturday morning person, and then upset my team lost Sunday night person. Who am I every single day? What am I seeking every single day? Am I seeking the kingdom of God? Am I working for a kingdom mindset or am I working for this worldly, personal, cultural mindset? What does that look? How does that look for us? And it's just as easy as a step to just make a decision that, no, I don't want to go down that path. Because when we make the simple decisions, that creates a habit, which creates a discipline, which which creates life change. It's a decision to a habit, to a discipline, to life change. Successful people will do consistently what others will do occasionally. We're not working for the occasional. We're working for the consistent. It's about the production. With whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And number three. It's the principle of planting. The principle of planting. The principle of reaping and sowing. You reap what you sow. So what are we sowing? Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, 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 always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. Because a lot of the times, things will happen in our lives, and we'll think it's some sort of punishment. We'll think, oh, it's because of this. This is why this thing is happening to me. This is why I'm struggling with this right now. It's some sort of punishment for the decisions that I make. No, we reap what we sow. 
I'm late to work all the time. I can only give a half-hearted effort. I spend about 30% of my day looking for other jobs anyway. I have a bad attitude. I can't understand why I'm being punished and not getting this promotion. No, it's not a punishment. You reaped what you sowed. I'm sowing seeds of lust and going to inappropriate websites and gambling and drinking and addiction. I can't understand why I continue to have these terrible struggles in my life. Why am I being punished so badly? It's not a punishment. We are reaping what we sow. I can't understand why I just don't lose weight. I mean, I'm eating everything inside. I never work out. I have a six pack every single night. Why have I gained 30 pounds? I just don't get it. What kind of sick punishment is that? No, it's not a punishment. We're reaping what we sow. So what does that look like? What are we sowing today? What kind of seeds are we sowing in our own lives? And here's the thing about reaping and sowing. That's so hard for us to understand sometimes is you may sow a seed now and you may personally never see the harvest. You may sow a seed right now and you may never actually see the harvest. And that's so difficult. But man, what we do every single day matters. The seeds we sow every single day, it matters because we just don't know. We don't know what people are going through. Just in this room, there are people who are going through stuff. Nobody even knows about it. But man, there are struggles. There is trauma. There is difficulties. There's all these things that we're going through. And you never know when someone may walk through these doors of this building or walk through the doors of your business or just walk into your life, whatever that looks like, you just don't know what they're going through. And you can just sow a seed of kindness by just smiling at them, telling them hello, engaging in a conversation with them, acting like they're another human being who actually exists, who actually matters, just acknowledging that they're there. You never know the impact that that seed can have. It may be 20 years before it fully develops and they can see that harvest, but you just don't know because there's people who will walk into our lives and that's their last step. They just can't go any longer. They feel like they'll never get out of this hole. They'll never get past this situation. They're never going to recover from whatever may have happened in their past. And you just don't know that that smile, that interaction could completely change the trajectory of their life. What kind of seeds are we sowing today? The reason why is because people are always watching. People we would never expect, they are always watching. Last Saturday night, we went to my wife's 20-year high school reunion, and it was amazing. We didn't want to go at all, but some friends of ours from church that my wife had graduated with convinced us to go, and it was a great experience. There were a couple hundred people there, and a lot of those people we have not seen in 20 years. And just being able to interact with them, have conversations with them, just kind of catch up and see what's going on. I mean, that's what you do at a reunion, right? See where everyone is, see who's more successful, right? That's typically what happens. And we walk through the doors and it takes 30 minutes to even get in because we're just talking to all these people and seeing what's been going on. And you can kind of see how their lives have gone, good things, bad things, difficult times, amazing times, and just talking to people. It's amazing the people that are watching that you would never expect because 90% of our conversations, we may have spoke to 100, 125 people that night. 90% of the conversations were, you know, you guys do a whole lot with your church, don't you? I I see you guys on on social media. You go to to Cultivate Church, right? I mean, y'all do a a whole lot there, don't you? Every single conversation, nearly, 
was about church, about Jesus, about the podcast we have, about marriage. It was about these things that completely can change people's lives, people we would never in a million years know that they were watching. And as I kind of think through that, what I'm realizing is people are searching for something because we have this void in our lives. We are not satisfied. And people are searching for it in every type of area that they can possibly find. And I think that a lot of people are searching to fill that void through other people, saying, what is the secret sauce? What is that person doing? How is that person able to get through that? I knew who that person was. They're completely different, just proving that life change is possible. Life change is achievable through Jesus. Nearly every conversation, Jesus, turn to Jesus at a brewery in Alabaster, turn to Jesus, meaning he can be anywhere and everywhere. We just don't know who's watching. You just don't know that living your life out loud every single day, the impact that that might have on another human being, even someone you haven't spoken to in 20 years. You just don't know. So I want us to ask ourselves these questions as we dismiss today. What seeds are you planting today in your own life? What kind of seeds are you planting today? And what kind of seeds do we need to start planting today? What are some areas of our lives where maybe we need to start planting different type of seeds? Because we can't plant apple seeds and expect orange trees. It just doesn't work that way. So if we aren't sowing the correct seeds into our lives, we are not going to get that result that we so desperately desire. What seeds are we planting? What seeds do we need to plant? I want to pray for you. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, our worship team is going to come back up and Listen, if you're a guest today, nothing funny or weird is going to happen. No one's coming to get you or anything like that. But I just want us to really think on those questions. What are we planting? What kind of seeds am I sowing? So I've gone through this message and in preparation. And one thing that I've noticed just really over this past week and the experience we had at my wife's 20-year reunion is it all starts with one seed. One seed can just blossom and expand exponentially in ways we couldn't believe. That one seed of Jesus changes everything. So I want to pray for two things this morning. The first being about our own individual lives, the things that we're planting in our lives, where we've positioned ourselves in our lives to look at the inventory of our lives and see, am I in the proper position to really seek the kingdom of God above all else? But the second thing and the most important thing this morning It's going to be that seed of Jesus. That in our own lives, where we currently stand, has the seed of Jesus been planted? It's the single greatest decision we'll ever make. And if you're here this morning, it's not just by happenstance. It's not circumstance whatsoever. God knew exactly where you would be in this moment. And he's been trying over and over again. Say, if you'll just hear me. And that stuff you've been going through, I've been trying to work it out. If you'll, just, if you'll just sit with me. Jesus is right here saying, hey, I'm right here. So you don't have to carry these burdens any longer. I'm right here. And if that's you today, you'd simply say, Father, today, God, I pray for forgiveness for all of my sins. That I recognize I can't do it on my own any longer. God, I need that void in my life filled. And today I'm asking for forgiveness for all of my sins. I recognize that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me so I wouldn't have to. And today I recognize him as my savior and the Lord of my life. And I wanna make him number one in my life. And Father, today for all of us, 
God, I pray we'll just take inventory of our lives. Just look at where we currently stand. Where are we currently positioned? God, I pray that opportunities will come up in our lives for us to be able to plant the seeds of your goodness, whatever it might look like. That we'll have the courage to be able to step out in faith that you are going to show up and you're going to show up big time. That we'll be able to take the steps and make these small little tweaks, these small steps in our lives to be positioned so you will truly be able to supply our every need. Why? So we can supply that to the kingdom, Father. I cannot wait to see what you're going to do through it. We'll give you all the credit for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Jesus every bit of love we've got this morning? Come on.